Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now save $30 on the American-made steel FS56 RCE trimmer. Real steel. The FS56 RCE is made in America of U.S. and global materials. Offer valid through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Outkick 360 is back across the Outkick network alongside Chad Withrow. I'm Jonathan Hutton. Glad you're with us. If you're watching on YouTube, we appreciate you. We hope you'll subscribe to the channel. You can find us on multiple platforms, including the podcasts. Wherever you download your podcast after the show, it's immediately available to you to listen at your leisure. Just search out Outkick 360. Shout out to David Reed, uh, Jacob Swanson. Becca Risley, Sleepy Danny, Sarah Triplett, our great production assistant. Today, a special day. Day 100. Show 100 is here for Outkick 360. We started on March 15th. We've made it, Chad, to August the 3rd. And we have some bigger announcements later this week that we'll get to. But let's just say the first 100's in the books. And we could not be happier with where we are and where we're headed. I uh, look again. I, I like to point out the haters out there. Many of them came at us and said, "No way, this show makes it to 100 episodes." And look here we are. We have arrived to show 100. We are going to arrive to other goals of this show very soon. Hutton alluded to it, uh, but some big announcements on the way also. Uh, I'm thrilled to be here. I'm thrilled that we are at show number 100 and we're getting closer and closer to the season, which is football season. I'm pumped up about it, Hutton. It's uh, it's been a pleasure. What was for these it? 100 was it we were told that someone said behind our back that that because we were going online, we had already failed? Yes, yes. Someone did. This say was that. in March. Someone in the industry, by the way, not just some outside bystander, but someone in the industry yeah. that we weren't once possibly worked with at some point. Quite the said poser that we, actor said this. Said that we already failed uh, because we went online. Um, this is a very, very controversial, I wouldn't say controversial, this is a take that goes against uh, where a lot of things are headed right now, but we are here to announce to you that we in fact did not fail, <laughs> we are still here, and we are about to be doing even bigger things. So thank you for fueling our fire. Also doing bigger things, Grant Furking, uh, the Tennessee wide receiver, who was on the show, what, three weeks ago now, maybe four weeks ago, uh, where we were discussing name image likeness. He's announced NILU today. We will have him on. He's joining us in about 40 minutes to uh, set up exactly what he's doing through GTF Enterprises and, uh, and beyond. So another great discussion there. Paul Kaharski joins the show live from Titans Training Camp with air in full pads. That will happen in an hour during the Tennessee Power Hour. By the way, whenever you say GTF Enterprises, I want to add the O to it. Nate <laughs> Grant's company, GTFO Enterprises. I don't know what product that company would sell, but I'd buy uh, if there was a GTFO as, as the name of a company. The show would buy stock into that company also. We're also buying stock into Grant Furking yeah. uh, and what he's doing and, and now what he's doing with, with On3 Sports, uh, and we look forward to talking to him coming up a little bit later in the show. Chad, uh, let's kick things off with Team USA and hoops. They, they win last night over Spain. Spain actually started this game playing very well because USA, Durant, and others were not shooting well from beyond the arc. I think they were 3 of 14 at one point, uh, if my memory serves me well, and it may not because it was a late tip-off. I think 11.40 p.m. is when they tipped off, and I watched the first two and a half quarters of this game. Uh, but it was a back-and-forth battle that was fun. Uh, Up-tempo, uh, Rubio at the beginning was unstoppable. And then the leadership stepped up. Durant stepped up. And he's the all-time scoring leader for Team USA in Olympic basketball for a reason. He showed out again uh, earlier this morning. And, and then post-game said some things that you picked up on that you have wanted to hear from Greg Popovich. And you've yet to hear that from Pop. You've heard that from Durant now. Yeah, and we've got the quote ready for you uh, from Kevin Durant. This is 
after Team USA defeated Spain in the quarterfinals as they get ready for the semifinals. And uh, Kevin Durant very simply said, we've got to finish it. We're supposed to be here. For us, it's about getting the gold. Big applause to Kevin Durant for stating what all of us know as American basketball fans. It's not about participating. It's not about praising the opponent for how the world has come along and how much better the French team has gotten. It's about winning the gold medal. If you're Team USA, and it was refreshing to hear Kevin Durant say what every American hopes is the goal, right? I mean, that's when you go there, you are American basketball. You are the elite of the elite. You are there to win a gold medal. There's no consolation prize. And now they're in the semifinals, and uh, they're going to play Australia in what is going to be the biggest basketball game in the history of Australian basketball. They've got two of them, Australian women, also getting set to play the American women. This is going to be very important to them. This is very important to their entire nation. They're all going to be tuned in and watching. You better be ready. This better be important to Team USA. I think it is when I see comments like that from Kevin Durant. I really think that those that are there and did not decline the opportunity to be a part of this tournament and be a part of the Olympics, I'm getting a sense more and more that it does matter to them. I want to hear Greg Popovich say more things like what Kevin Durant said post game, but it was a good performance by the U.S. They came out hunting, and I know it's a game where it can swing quickly in basketball, mm -hmm. but they look like a team that was dying in that first half. They go on a big run to close out the first half. They tied at halftime, 16-2 run to start the third quarter, and it was never in doubt from there. They had a couple mini runs from Spain, but they were able to hold them off the rest of the game. Kudos to USA Basketball. Kudos to Kevin Durant for saying what we all believe. You know what I find really intriguing about watching the NBA players compete in the Olympics? It's how much they have to adjust to the way FIBA calls a game and referees a game. Uh, because there, there are certain fouls that players will go for in the NBA, like at half court with a player catch and turn, and you have a defender there who is uh, attempting to take the charge. Sometimes they get that call. You do not get that call in Olympic basketball. And the other thing I haven't noticed, and, and to be fair, I've watched about a total of six quarters live for Team USA. I haven't noticed a lot of chirping with the refs. And it's almost habit for the NBA players to turn and look for a call every time down the floor. They never foul. They never travel. Uh, they never uh, commit a mistake. You know, it's always deflected off someone else, and then they let the ref have it. They're not, I, I don't see that as much at the Olympic level, and I, I'm intrigued by how they turn that on and off because it's almost ingrained in them with the NBA style of play that that's how they crank it up a notch whenever the ball is tipped, and it's the opposite with this style. It's a, it, it is a different game, the Olympic game versus what we see in the NBA. I think they've learned their lesson in those preliminary games they lost. I think they learned their lesson in the loss to France yeah. to open uh, pool play. Maybe so. And um, you saw it slowly evolving. That first loss to Nigeria in, in the, the prelims in Vegas, there was a lot of back and forth with the FIBA officials, even when they were playing the prelim to get ready for the tournament. And it slowly started to go down. Even against France, they did a little bit, but not very much. And now I think they've learned how to adjust this style. Here's the deal with this Team USA. They're more talented than everyone else. Isn't it an adjustment? Absolutely. And I'm not trying to downplay that the rest of the world has gotten better and they're really good at this style of basketball. They are. But we're still the best players in the world. We still have the best roster in this tournament. So as they adjust to the way the game is officiated, as they adjust to how they have to play this game, and they don't have time to sit there and complain with officials that don't even speak their language, you're seeing better and better performances from Team USA. You're also seeing Kevin Durant, who was abysmal in the prelims to this, who was not good against France, turn his game up a notch. And he's starting to score. Mm -hmm. And Kevin Durant is the X factor. No one can guard Kevin Durant when he's on. He is an impossible cover. He is a six foot eleven point guard that can shoot as well as anyone in the world. There's no defending Kevin Durant when he's on, and as he starts to turn it up a notch, as Team USA starts to show an intensity on defense, you're seeing better results. This game against Australia is going to be. It has the potential to be an epic game. I mean, this is, this is it for Australia. This is a national moment 
for Australian basketball to win in this tournament against Team USA. Well, and then uh, the women also play Australia, don't That's they? That's right. And, they, and Australia beat the women in the exhibition. Yes. So, uh, big for both sides. Yeah. And again, this is... You may is, see that in the parlay today. Well, and this is... Um, it's got to be important to you. Mm -hmm. Again, I, I don't. I want to be careful because the people I'm really talking to are those that decline the invitation to represent the United States. Right. Those that are there care. Right. Now we can and argue that, over the varying levels of, complaint, of how much they care. Primary complaint last week. Right. I am rooting for Middleton and Holiday and Booker, the guys who just finished playing in the NBA Finals, for all the discussion about load management and wear and tear. And I realize LeBron has played what, three or four extra seasons based on postseason play. But a lot of these guys have played a lot of games as well. And every four years, they want to go represent their country. I'm all for it. And I, I want them to win a gold medal just as much as I want to see Suni Lee win a gold medal uh, for stepping in for Simone Biles. Because she wants to be there, she wants to compete, and she wants gold. Yeah. And, you know, we talked about this yesterday with Team USA, the women's national team. Um, they wanted to win. Like I, I have no doubt about their desire to represent the U.S. and win a gold. Now, people can uh, disagree with Megan Rapinoe and things. She said, that's fine. I'm, I'm all for that. Um, but their reaction to that loss showed that they were torn apart by losing to Canada. I, I feel the same way about this Team USA basketball team. But the issue then becomes, Hutton, is it's got to matter as much. For Australia to knock off Team USA in basketball is a monumental achievement. It has to be seen as a monumental failure of USA basketball to lose to Australia for both the women and the men in this tournament. You have to get on their level when it comes to desire, right? Whether that desire is, it's not a big deal to beat Australian basketball if you're Team USA, right? Well, then the desire has to be to not get embarrassed and not give Australia that national moment. I don't care the motivation. It can be to avoid disaster or because you legitimately want to beat Australia that bad. Whatever it is, you've got to get on their level from an intensity standpoint. Because Patty Mills is an international superstar for Australia, and he lit up the U.S. in, in the preliminary event leading into this tournament. I'm going to be watching. Uh, I plan on staying up late tomorrow night uh, to watch that game live. I'm excited about it. I love the Olympics. I love rooting on uh, uh, Team USA and everything. And I'm excited now, Hutton, that I feel like I'm watching guys represent the United States. You can see that it means something to them. Quotes like that that we just read you from Kevin Durant shows me that they care and that the ultimate goal is winning bronze, and they're not going to settle for anything else. Uh, some news in the NBA with uh, all the, the contracts and movement and free agency or players re-upping with teams. There, there is a note to mention, though, about a player who's not a free agent, but down the road will be, and that's Zion Williamson. Um, his agent uh, told the ringer that uh, he is, the, the Pelicans have totally mangled the last two years and are on course to lose Zion at some point. That, that from Bill Simmons. So keep that in mind as we maneuver through and see where players land. Uh, as, as players team up with other players. I, I saw where Chris Paul is re-upped reportedly with the Phoenix Suns after opting out. You see, these, you see these facts and figures where he opts out of a guaranteed contract in his final year of over $44 million guaranteed. And you think, what in the world? But then when you actually compare the career earnings, you understand that they're, they're looking for more of the long-term deal to add to the millions upon hundreds of millions that they've made over the course of their career. Over, under... 235 million, Chad. Let's play this quick game. Over under 235 million in career earnings. This is guaranteed to be paid salary for these guys, and it includes new money. So Chris Paul just is going to re-up with, with the Suns. That's an easy guess. That's over. 400 million. He's going to top 400 million for a career based on this new contract with Phoenix. Uh, Mike Conley. Would you say over under two hundred thirty five million for his career earnings? Yes, I'm going to say over for Conley because he had the he yeah. was the I remember he was the first like super max guy that we saw that had an insane amount of money in his. Contract. And again, I'm putting this out there because I, I'm putting into the context why you're seeing guys opt out of mega millions for for one year. Conley's correct, two hundred seventy nine million. Dwight Howard, 
into White House. And it's, a, for a, it's for probably bulk, not as much as you think, but it's it's high. Well, for a bulk of his career, um, he has been stealing money from yes. different teams. And he's back with the Lakers for the third yeah. time. Other than the magic run that he had where they he got them to the finals, he's been stealing money. Over under $230 million, I'm going to say he's slightly under. He's barely over. Okay. He's barely over. 242 for him. Um, Kevin Love. Kevin Love. I'm going to say Kevin Love is over. He's over, and that surprised me. $264 million. LeBron, by the way. Also, by the way, stealing money. Le- LeBron will, <laughs> will have earned. He's going to. I think his contract takes him over six hundred million. After this upcoming season, he will have earned four hundred thirty-one million. Uh, and and Rubio, who played last night, I looked him up. One hundred twenty-one million in career earnings for him. Uh, just to put in perspective, what these guys are making. You've got after this season, Julio Jones will be sitting at one hundred forty-one million in career football earnings on field. Derrick Henry on field, thirty-one million. In, for his career, when I mean, you compare value for franchises, well, in popularity and CBA. of sport, and I get the the math of it. There's a lot less basketball players on an NBA roster, but to think that Chris Paul is going to go over 440 million, Chris or whatever Paul is for his going career. to make more in one season than Derrick Henry has made in his career. That's insane. <laughs> I know, but it's insane to think about the dis, the the disparity between quarterback. Yeah. in the NFL, to everyone else. And then you look at these NBA salaries and think about a gap that is widening between popularity and television ratings between NFL and NBA. Uh, it's, it's a good gig. If you can be a Major League Baseball pitcher, uh, if you can be an NBA superstar, it's a great gig because you look at Derrick Henry, uh, who means an awful lot to his team and is not just a superstar, but he's extraordinary for his position and his size and speed in today's NFL, which has never been more popular, and to see the fraction of the salary he's going to make of Chris Paul, pretty insane. Rookie quarterback battles in camp, a big camp fight we'll tell you about. Uh, We have Grant Furking to talk NIL as a college athlete. That's coming up at 1140. Full Titans practice report from Paul Koharski at noon. And bear with me here. When we come back, I want to lay out where we're headed in in the COVID discussion for the fall because of what we're seeing right now across the sports landscape. And before you think, oh, these guys can't do a fair and balanced discussion, we're going to sit back and just lay out the facts of what the landscape looks like and how to prepare as a sports fan for what we're headed into because there's a lot of uncertainty where the rules are changing left and right. So the question is, are we going to have a full season? I think we are. But how, how discombobulated is it going to be? And we'll use some examples of what we're seeing right now in the Olympics and Major League Baseball and beyond. That's all straight ahead on Outkick 360. First, though, Gainful. Gainful.com is the website to check out. And we've got a great promo code for you because there's nothing more personal than your health when it comes to finding the right nutrition supplements to meet your fitness goals. You need a personalized approach. And thankfully... Now there's Gainful, the personalized nutrition system that's formulated for your body and goals. Gainful gives you peace of mind that your protein, hydration, and and the pre-workout supplements, they contain the finest ingredients specifically for you. And how do they do that? You take a five-minute quiz, Chad, and they pinpoint exactly what you need. Yeah, and with that five-minute quiz, they're going to deliver your supplements with no shipping charge every single month. You can cancel anytime or adapt your plan as needed. And Gainful's rigorous quality control process ensures that your supplements only have clean ingredients you can pronounce, along with zero artificial flavors, colors, or sweeteners. Start your personalized fitness journey today with Gainful and Hutton. You're going to get a great offer with that. It's awesome. You get $20 off your personalized supplements. Go to Gainful.com slash Outkick360. That's Gainful.com slash Outkick360 for $20 off. Gainful. Personalized nutrition made for your tastes. Outkick 360 across the Outkick network. Alongside Chad Withrow, I'm Jonathan Hutton. Shout out to the Tennessee Sports Hall of Fame today announcing a big partnership with the Tennessee Lottery. No-brainer partnership there. Uh, where the lottery helps fund, I believe it's up to like $6 billion to date 
for Tennessee-based educational uh, programs. Uh, and the Tennessee Sports Hall of Fame is unbelievably great. If you haven't been there, down to uh, Bridgestone Arena, that's where it's located. Go check that out. Chad, it's state-of-the-art, and you go in there and you can feel the history of sports across the state of Tennessee. It is one of those venues and experiences that I think is way underutilized uh, in the city of Nashville. That you go there, we're talking with David Reed about this before mm -hmm. the show, and not enough people know that it's there, and then you go to it, it's a really cool, fun experience, so uh, hopefully a lot of people uh, decide to go and, and visit, and a really cool partnership with Tennessee Lottery. Yeah, and we'll be, we'll be checking it out soon as well as a show and, and some show listeners. So. Be on the lookout for that. Right now, live from Studio G, Nashville, Tennessee, Blackbird Studio and the Blackbird Academy. Over 1,400 mics, 50 amps, 70 guitars. You have 65 full drum kits available here. They have a rental facility, but also, of course, a state-of-the-art studio for recording, which is always jam-packed here at Blackbird. But you can actually go to school here. You can learn the studio engineering, audio engineering, for placement on the road or in studio to work in this business. Over 14,000 square feet of rehearsal space, all available at the Blackbird Studio and theblackbirdacademy.com. Chad, big news out of the NFL yet again, and it is in Indianapolis. Uh, the hits keep coming. The injuries keep coming. Carson Wentz, he's going to have surgery on his foot. He's up 5 to 12 weeks. News coming out of Indy that all-pro guard Quentin Nelson will also undergo foot surgery. And he's out. He's out of their lineup. And it's a very similar situation to what is, is going on with, with Wentz. We don't know if it's a Liz Frank. They haven't used that specific term for the injury. But this, this is not good news. This is not just an all-pro guard. This is the best guard in football. And he's out of the lineup for the Indianapolis Colts. We'll continue to monitor that. Details on a big camp fight as well. Normally we don't play into these camp fights because as Keith Bullock once said, these guys don't want to fight. <laughs> but He but, did not say that at camp, by the way. This was, oh, he said, this was said at a Christmas party but to me. It was, it was, he was right. He they was did not right. want to fight. It was right. It, he, these guys didn't want to fight. But I, I have seen someone go at Keith. Uh, Rache Caldwell once went at Keith Bullock. And Caldwell quickly realized he did not want to fight in the padded practice and the Dolphins took on the Titans. Uh, but we, we will get into details on the Giants fight, which has some details that make you do a, a double take at what you're reading, uh, mainly because of who's involved in all of this. First, though, I, I want to discuss the, the landscape of COVID from a sports perspective, Chad, um, and, and where we're headed this fall. Uh, because right now, we're having full stadiums. I'm all for it. We're covering games in person. We should. Um, press conferences in person for the vaccinated. We should. But as I look at the sports landscape and how things are changing, and as the rules are changing day to day, week to week, I think uh, first, before we begin the conversation, and I believe we can all do this, it, it, we, we did this at our past show, it is possible to put personal views and opinions aside and have a detailed and thorough conversation and see where things lie. For the conversation today, try to focus purely on the, the unfolding news story as it is. And if you do that, it is clear that sports and football in particular, it's going to be impacted in some way based on the testing protocols that continue to, to happen both in college and pro football. They're testing vaccinated players. And you can say, well, how will football be impacted? Garrett Cole. He's not pitching tonight for the New York Yankees because of COVID. The Brewers don't have half of their bullpen, either because of COVID or contact tracing. Christian Yelich is sitting out. John Rahm, who many forget, was removed. He was the leader at the Memorial and was removed from the course. He was going to win that tournament, was removed from the course. This was, what, last month? And fast forward a couple of weeks and he pops another positive after two negative tests, test positive for COVID, test negative twice again, then another positive, and is not allowed to participate in the Olympic Games. After being pulled from the memorial for a positive test while he's, I, I think, right up next to the green, about to hit a shot. That's just highlighting a few of the issues that we're seeing across sports. And you can see on the horizon that 
going back to uh, Zimmer yesterday, he's publicly stating that you know not enough of his players are vaccinated, and it's making hard on it's making it hard on everyone. They can't mandate it on the players, but we're also seeing where vaccinated players are testing positive, and because of that, they're going to miss time as well. It's not going to be as long as the unvaccinated players. But we're seeing situations where that's, that's going to happen. Bud Dupree, clearly vaccinated because he's already off COVID protocol for the Titans. Now, he's on PUP, but he was placed on the COVID-19 reserve list and within days removed from that list. But the fact that he was placed on the list to begin with as a vaccinated player is concerning for me because that means that multiple players will have this happen to them throughout the season. And before you just point to the Titans as the example, keep in mind, I don't think there was any team that was hit harder by this during the regular season than the Pittsburgh Steelers because the Steelers had their bye week pushback. They had to play Baltimore in week 11, I believe, on a Tuesday or Wednesday night. Uh, by the way, Lamar Jackson, also in COVID protocol as a quarterback of the Baltimore Ravens right now. He's not on the practice field. Frank Reich barely, uh, just barely returned to the practice field himself as the head coach of the Colts. I think we're just hitting the tip of the iceberg on players that are going to be forced to sit out after being told get vaccinated and things are going to be more lenient. Well, getting back to the initial, let's have a conversation without yelling and screaming at yeah. each other and coming at it from a, a, a pulpit to scream at people to get vaccinated or uh, people screaming at others to not get vaccinated. And here's why I'm not getting vaccinated. That is not the discussion we're having right now. But I, I'll say this for those that yell and scream at people. There, there's a lot of sentiment out there, Hutton, that people want to blame those who will not get vaccinated on their sports being canceled. Okay? Um, I saw it today. You know, if, if you are a fan of an NFL team and you don't get to go to games, it's because of all of those idiots that don't get vaccinated. I'm fine with you having that opinion, but let me, let me put it down. And I, this was primary complaint for me last mm-hmm. week. It's as simple as this. If you want sports to happen and you don't want one game canceled, there is one way to do it. Stop testing vaccinated players. Because every percentage I've seen in every sport, you can pick in your mind the dumbest, most backward team in America, whoever that may be. And it's probably not below 75% to 80% vaccinated on that team whoever you think that may be. If you don't test the vaccinated players, we're not going to be missing games this fall. And I don't understand, to your point, Hutton, it was this push that if you just get vaccinated, we're back to normal life. Just go get the vaccination. Protocols will be eased. You're not going to have to miss things. And now suddenly we've got guys who are vaccinated having to sit out from things. Uh, UW on the... um, uh, on the YouTube, uh, the YouTube feed says, said so to the teams that to protect those that are unvaxxed, I think that's why everyone's getting tested. In other words, they're testing the vaccinated to protect those that are unvaccinated. No, that's they, not that's not why they're doing it. Because then, and everyone says, well, if you know, it's easier to get back eligible to play if you test positive when you're vaccinated. But it still doesn't guarantee it. Well, because you Chad, can still continue to test to positive. Is, they're in all of these protocols from last year to protect the unvaccinated. That's why they're having to wear a mask and social distance and wear these wristbands and, you know, co- contact trace. That Those protocols are in place for the unvaccinated for that reason. Um, they're, it, life is a lot more lenient on the vaccinated players across the NFL. But they're still going to miss games because they're going to test these players and they're going to pop positive. So I don't, I don't understand I, that. I, I just uh, that, don't. That the PR push only to make them sit out. Well, and it's, it's not. And, and look, I mean, you can say maybe it's twofold. You know, we're going to miss things because uh, not everyone will get vaccinated. I'm also saying you need to redirect your anger to testing vaccinated people in sports because that's going to be a problem. Because every mm-hmm. percentage that I've seen on all these teams – you're not going to miss games. You're right. going to miss guys. I mean, if guys, if Cole Beasley, he's going to be unvaccinated. If he gets COVID-19, he's going to be out. So you're going to be out without Cole Beasley if you're the Buffalo Bills. College football players that won't get vaccinated, when they get COVID-19, which may happen, they're going to be out. It's that simple. But we're really convoluting things when we're testing vaccinated players. 
And it just seems to me, Hutton, like a complete waste of time and resources. Which is it? Is it get the vaccination and get over this? Or is it get the vaccination and we'll ease up a little bit, but there's no guarantees that you're going to be able to play and that we're going to have sports? Which is it? Well, right because now, I'm getting mixed messages on this. Right now they're planning to play, uh, but yet, I mean, we're, we're going to see where, but, you know, Ryan Tannehill, for instance, said he only received the vaccination, so the, the, the lift would, there would be a lift on all these protocols by the NFL and the NFLPA, because it's both. It's not just the NFL. The NFLPA agreed to all this. And, and to me, that's part, partly Ryan Tannehill calling out the Players Association uh, in, in some way by saying the only reason he did this was because it, 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 they almost made you do it based on the way things are set up. He, he was forced into it. Nonetheless, uh, this doesn't ensure that Ryan Tannehill won't miss games based on the way that they're setting up their protocols. So if we're just being realistic, no matter where you come down on this, this will affect your sports team. It will affect the overall landscape of the league. And the league's also naive to say that they're not canceling games or moving games around. Um, that's just, it, they're saying they're going to forfeit if it's from an unvaccinated breakout. But they better be ready to maneuver some things because they had to do that last year. And because they continue to test the way they're testing, they're going to do it again this year because we're seeing players in Major League Baseball have to miss starts and self self-isolate and we're seeing uh, bullpens contact traced. That's going to continue to be an issue for them, and it's going to be an issue in college football and pro sports. You know, it, it's that's the landscape we're in. But I, I feel like some for some reason they're making it vaccinated versus unvaccinated when they're still going to make you sit out if you test positive, if you're vaccinated. Which I understand, I, I, and I believe, uh, maybe I'm being uh, a moron for believing this, but I do believe that we can get to a middle ground as Americans in this discussion. Yeah. Because the moment I talk about not testing vaccinated players, I'm called an anti-vaxxer in our, in our chat. I've been vaccinated twice with the Pfizer vaccine. Yep. I've said this on air. I'm not an anti-vaxxer. Same, same here. I, I, I want people to get vaccinated. I'm also fine hearing other opinions about it. And I don't hate everyone who doesn't get vaccinated. And I also believe that it is damn foolish to continue to test vaccinated people because that is going to put sports at risk. And you're going to say, well, you're awfully short-sighted. This is a sports program. We want sports to happen. I'm looking forward to college football season and the NFL season to feel like an actual damn football season this year because we can have fans in the stands and we don't have to worry about games getting canceled. And when I hear about Garrett Cole being vaccinated and having to sit out, it pisses me off because it's everyone talking out of both sides of their mouth. Should we get vaccinated and avoid protocols like this because getting vaccinated protects you against the virus? Or do we continue testing those who are vaccinated and put our sports at risk? I think it's pretty simple. If the NFL decides we want everyone vaccinated, and if you don't, we are going to make your life a living hell. That is the decision that the NFL has afforded the right to make. And they're, they're going to do that. Which, exactly. Which they are going done. to do that. And guess what? Ryan Tannehill, quarterback of the Tennessee Titans, was not going to get vaccinated. And because of the NFL's rules and because Ryan Tannehill is a great teammate and cares about playing football and cares about being available, he decided to go get double vaccinated. Now, if in week five, Ryan Tannehill on a Thursday tests positive with zero symptoms as a double vaccinated NFL player and he has to sit on Sunday, that's not right. I'll be the first to say that. It is weird. It's double messages, and it's not right. Completely agree. And, and, and that, that's where we're headed in the argument now as we preview down the road based on the protocols that are in place. Um, mentioned the, the, the camp fight. It's worth reading because of the entertainment value. Um, and, Chad, let me pull this up. I apologize. My window closed out. Here we go. Uh, massive fight here at Giants camp. Corey Clement busted a big run. Logan Ryan leveled Evan Ingram late. So you have corner slash nickel Logan Ryan leveling tight end slash wide receiver uh, Evan Ingram. Somehow Daniel Jones ended up on the bottom of a pile 
Joe Judge lines up the whole team on the goal line, and now the entire team is running 100-yard gassers. They did more than that. I think the details went further, yeah. didn't it? Yeah, they did two rounds of push-ups, and then <laughs> Joe Judge had every player in a semicircle uh, to give them an earful, and he says, uh, this is from Jordan Ronan, uh, who covers the team, says the curse word to actual word ratio was through the roof with Kinda Joe like Judge the addressing the team. <laughs> yes. Right. Uh, it, I note it only because we, we know Logan. Um, that's not like him. But he's intense, but not like him to take a cheap shot. I, I can't wait to hear further details of the of the story and the fight and how Joe Judge tried to quiet things down. It was feisty at Titans camp today. Uh, practice wrapping up. PK's going to join us in about 20 minutes with the very latest from Titans training camp. Pads on. We'll discuss Tannehill, who's been up and down over the first week or so of practice. We'll get... We'll get PK's take on Ryan Tannehill at quarterback. Also, when we come back, Grant Furking is going to join us. N-I-L-U. Where are we headed in the big business of name, image, and likeness? We're going to talk to a college football player for the University of Tennessee who started his own company, GTF Enterprises, and is now partnered with a major company in name, image, and likeness. That's straight ahead on Outkick 360. Outkick 360 across the Outkick Network. Kuharski will join us in about 15 minutes with a live report from Titans Training Camp. Colleges reporting today, SEC reporting day practices getting underway tomorrow morning, including at the University of Tennessee. Grant Furking, wide receiver for UT, joins us. He's also the president of NILU in a big announcement today. We're going to get details on that and much more. GTF Enterprises, his company, Grant, good to have you back on the show, man. Hope you're doing well. Same to you guys. I think it was about a month ago to the day that I was on here, so it's good to be back. Awesome. Show 100 for us, by the way. So, uh, Fantastic. You'll, yeah, Congratulations. Off, off and rolling. You're, you're Tell, a part of history, Grant, here on the show, uh, being a part of it. Show 100. Congratulations show, to you on that. So Show 100 I love it. And, and day one for NILU. Tell us about the partnership with yeah. On3 Sports and, and where you're headed with this. Yeah, you know, so I think I touched on it back when we talked about a month ago, but, you know, this continues, this whole NIL landscape just continues to be a huge opportunity to educate student athletes on, you know, not only what the the window dressing is of NIL, which is autographs and appearances and, you know, trading cards, all that, but, you know, the entrepreneurial playbook that, that can be presented to these athletes, um, and really teach them basic business building skills and how to build a brand, how to market a product, how to market a service, um, and giving them those skills. And, um, you know, what we saw was the education aspect continued to kind of be the way to have the leading edge and kind of be on the forefront of all this. So, you know, it's it's been a wild month. You've seen a lot of deals go a lot of different ways, with a lot of different players and a variety of sports from football to basketball to gymnastics. Um, and Shannon Terry, who I'm sure both of you guys know well, um, yes. founder of Rivals 247, whose new venture of On3, which is going to be a monster um, in recruiting and um, college football basketball coverage as well. He approached me and said, you know, we need a voice for NIL. And, you know, having the unique situation of being a 22-year-old who is an entrepreneur, but also at the same time, shares the field with these fellow athletes at 3.30 on Saturday afternoons. Um, it's a unique way to educate and walk into these locker rooms, walk into these team rooms, be in front of a camera, and educating these young men and women on being an entrepreneur, that you can have a social life, you can go to school, you can major in business, I major in supply chain, you can graduate and do all that, play your sport, that's your you know day job, your full-time job, and then at the same time, you can also be an entrepreneur and run a company. And, you know, I, I, I told you guys about a month ago, too, you know, when you sit in a team meeting room and you've heard 250 speakers like I have come in every single training camp, every single offseason, they talk about, you know, all stuff that's beneficial to the athlete. But it's hard when you have 125 guys in a room to keep all those guys engaged and keep them locked in. You have half guys that are asleep, half guys that aren't taking notes. But then you bring in 
a young person who has a really cool story who relates to student athletes. They just finished playing, you know, within the last couple of years are still playing now and they come in, they're, they're dressed nice. They're well-spoken and they present how they can help the athlete, what they're talking about, what they're offering and how it can benefit the athlete, whether it's talking about growing the, the student athletes brand, telling them how you can go make money, talking about whatever it is. But when you have speakers that come in and are engaged with the audience, which is, you know, 18, 19, 20, 20, 21 year old men and women, you know, that's where opportunity is. And you have to be very um, particular on how you go about educating and talking to an audience of that nature. And so what we saw was there's a big opportunity through on three's platforms and their databases to go in and build a team and go out and, you know, from the grassroots, educate these young men and women on everything from leadership to business building, entrepreneurship, building a culture, how to present yourself in an attractive way on and off the field as a person and as a player. And then really, you know, I keep hitting on it, but just educate them on, on all those variety of things. And, you know, if any student athletes are, are listening to me right now, I know you hear education, you think class and you think tutors and, you know, all the stuff that you do all day long that you really don't want to have any part of. We see that as very high level content and storytelling that you guys can take advantage of through our platforms that you'll be able to go on and learn how to start an LLC in 30 seconds, crash course on how to file taxes, how to become an effective leader. And all this stuff is going to be branded through on three. And we're going to have a, a multitude of opportunities from going on media tours to in the springtime, the off season, going out and doing, you know, nationwide speaking tours in locker rooms and team rooms and just being engaged with the, with the student athletes, helping them build their brand uh, and take, and take full opportunity of this NIL. I think it's a really cool partnership uh, with our good buddy Shane and Terry with what you guys are doing. So I look forward to seeing everything uh, that happens uh, with this plan. I'm curious, though, Grant, how difficult has it been just from your experience with student athletes that, that you have conversations with that you talk to at Tennessee for discovering the, the market price uh, for different athletes? Because mm. in the beginning, a lot of times we don't really know unless there's some sort of formula or algorithm for social media following and how much you get paid per tweet, per Instagram post, whatever it may be, um, how difficult has it been to decide on a market value for different athletes in terms of, of NIL? Yeah, Chad, you know, it's it's difficult. And, you know, you talk about it and you guys go on, they get out of practice, they get out of workout, and they say, oh, Bryce Young's making seven figures of the Alabama quarterback. Well, let's let's pull back on that you know is, is Bryce Young actually making seven figures or you know is he you know high sixes somewhere in there and you know that's an attractive selling point to a recruit to come to Alabama like that's a that's a very valid point and just like you said is is there a formula or is there a there an algorithm that shows you what the fair market value is of a student athlete right now uh, the answer is no I mean none of these guys are on a salary none of them have a long list of endorsements that have a a value next to them all they really have is stats showing what last season was and then who they are as a person off the field and that's really just known within the greater community of wherever the school is that's not really known on a national basis and you know i've talked about it before of the hundreds of thousands of student athletes nationwide division one two and three you know male and female there is going to be a handful i'm talking you know 100 max that truly make you know, five, six figures off their true NIL as we know it, like the Johnny Menzel, Reggie Bush autographs, trading cards, jersey sales. Like that's not going to be what NIL is and the people that have a true story off of it. Where it's going to be big and how it's unique and how people can take advantage of it is to kind of do the way I did it, except you can do it now with these audiences that these student athletes have created on social media channels, through the platforms, through their schools. Like, giving them a playbook to go out and start a business and either themselves going and starting it or, you know, getting 10 other teammates or athletes across the country to be ambassadors and go and market it and sell it and getting a huge, you know, million person audience to go and, and, you know, showcase and market it. Like that's where the opportunity lies. But like I've said before, you know, kids need to know how to go do that. They, a lot of them have a purpose. A lot of these guys have a why these guys and girls, and, and they just need to know how to act on it. So what we are, as we're here and we're going to be able to teach these kids how to market effectively, how to build a brand that represents themselves on the field, right? When they get off and they're in a press conference, how that translates over to their brand as a whole. And then let's go make you as marketable as possible. So then you can go and sit down at the major corporation and there's a value of who you are off the field 
that is right in line with that company's values and, and moral and ethical standards. Grant Ferking with us. Grant, I'm curious from the marketing angle of this. So it's name, image, likeness. The, the player owns yeah. NIL. The, the university, and this is not just Tennessee, this is nation, nationwide. The university owns the logo, right? They, they own that brand. Right. How valuable yeah. is that to the player in NIL? And how do you come to terms, not just you, but as a player, how would a player go about getting the licensing in order to use that to go along with and accompany their NIL? Yeah, you know, it's actually looking a lot differently. I just got an email about an hour ago that I saw Ohio State's actually they've they've um, gotten together with a partnership with the with a licensing group, and you know, on a on a case by case basis, you can actually get approval to use the school's marks and licensing to do NIL deals. You know, here at Tennessee, we can't do. I think the vast majority of schools nationwide, you still can't. But you know, I think that eventually evolves to. Um, being able to do that because look at the end of the day this whole nil world we're in right now is is so unique um it's kind of wild west right now but i think once things kind of transpire you know these schoolers are, schools are going to realize that you know when these guys are out there promoting you know themselves in a jersey for whatever for their brand you're also representing that school too and as long as you're doing it effectively and in the right manner it's only bringing great pr to the school as well so you know, we can't here at Tennessee have any of our licensing remarks, the power tee, the volunteer logo or anything. We can't have that in any of our deals. But, you know, on a regional level, on a local level, you know, your name's usually known within that community. So, you know, having the power tee, having the, you know, smoky out on your on your Instagram pages and on all your billboards and stuff you put up, like that's not a, a huge selling point because people already know who you are. When it gets interesting is, you know, if you go sign a deal with, pepsi or coca-cola or procter and gamble like are they going to want to try to associate you know the power t or the the alabama logo the auburn whatever the mark is across college football and uh, college athletics as a whole are, are they going to want to include that in their marketing campaign that's going to be a big question i think that looks a lot different you know six months from now even though it, it it's where it is right now because you've already seen schools like ohio state make these licensing deals to where you can use it on a case-by-case -case basis well, Grant, the name of what you're doing is NILU. I'm curious how long until it becomes NILHS. And we've got the example now of, of Quinn Ewers, nation's number one quarterback. He can't play Texas high school football and make money on his name, image, and likeness. So what does he do? He decides to graduate early and go to Ohio State, where he can immediately start yeah. making money on name, image, likeness, and he can also compete to be the Ohio State starting quarterback uh, in year one, what would have been his senior year in high school, um, this is going to become more and more of a thing, especially when you have these small-town prodigies that are headed to play big-time college sports. They're going to have opportunities to make money off their name, image, and likeness starting in high school. So how do you go about the education process with that? And do you think we're eventually going to see maybe some state high school federations uh, relax their rules a bit to allow for this to happen? I do. And, you know, there's already states where, you know, the day your high school season ends, you can go about closing NIL deals. So, you know, we've seen it with state legislation just here in the last week or so with, you know, the whole Big 12 SEC, Texas, Oklahoma leaving, you know, state legislatures are now fully on board to be ensure their schools within the state are fully competitive and, you know, nobody has leverage over one versus the other. So, you know, I think what's going to happen is, you know, it's going to take a year or two and these states are going to see, you know, this group in this state is being able to do this and he's going to this school and they'll kind of see the trends of where guys are going based off where they can go ahead and kind of have an edge in recruiting to kind of get to that school and start working their brand in and around that area. And I think these legislatures are going to see that, you know, we might need to relax some of this um, this legislation to be more accommodating to our athletes within the state too. The great thing about on three is, you know, on three tracks recruit from eighth grade through through their high school recruiting process all the way through college to post drafting. So we can start educating these kids. We don't necessarily have to go out and be encouraging them on, you know, what deals to do here and there, but we can educate them on the basic principles of leadership, brand building, you know, how to start a business like I did at 15 years old. That's when I started my business. We can take stuff like that high high uh high content great storytelling and go and be very marketable to these eighth ninth tenth eleventh eleventh graders and show them you know you can start building your brand now 
create a business and then wherever you decide to go even if you're not in a state where you know you can start doing nil deals and you know wherever you committed you can start working in that city um you know being on billboards and t-shirts and stuff you can actually start building a brand so then once you get to that school you already have a platform and it just explodes with you know the major fan base wherever you are going so that's where on three is a unique advantage is we can dip into the the younger generation coming out of high school so they're prepped and ready to go once they get on the college campus Grant Furking, he is a wide receiver at the University of Tennessee, and he is now heading up the NILU program with On3 Sports. Uh, Grant, looking forward to seeing uh, what all uh, happens with this. Uh, you, you've given us great info and uh, th- throughout this entire, uh, since the Supreme Court ruling, NIL, everything else. So thanks so much for your time. Really appreciate it, and best of luck moving forward. See you soon. No doubt. See you guys on September 2nd. Yes. That's right. Yeah. We'll be there. Look forward Bring to Bring in the show. No doubt. Exactly. Thanks, Grant. Thank you, you all have a great one. Thanks right, for having you me too. Yeah, bye-bye. Grant Furking, uh, breaking a little news there. We're going to be on the road. Yeah, we are. We'll take the show on the road. Yeah, we've got we've got big <laughs> announcements upcoming, and uh, that, that's one of them that uh, Grant alluded to right there, so can't wait. Coming up, uh, we go on the road. PK is going to join us live from Titans training camp. Details on the padded practice. We have details on Ryan Tannehill's day. Julio Jones, nowhere to be found at practice today. We'll get details as to why. And Shane Bowen says that the defense is already greatly improved in one area, just one week in to practice. Paul gives us that answer coming up. If you have not done so already, uh, please go subscribe to the YouTube channel. Just search out OutKick360 on YouTube. And by doing so, you can subscribe and be entered to win a Sony AX3000 car stereo with Apple CarPlay. Sony creates and delivers more entertainment experiences from more people on Earth. And the, the, the Hertz Audison 520-watt amp and the 400-watt-powered sub box and the speaker system. This is over a $2,500 value. It's going to one lucky subscriber to the YouTube channel at the end of this month. All you have to do is subscribe and then ring the bell so that you know we go live each and every day at noon Eastern, 11 a.m. Central. Live from Titans Training Camp next on OutKick 360. Hey, it's Jonathan Hutton. Thanks for listening to OutKick 360. Be sure to subscribe to the show to have the latest podcast delivered to you each and every day. And give us five stars. It helps us grow our network and provide you with more great podcasts like this one.